What's up, everybody? Great to see you guys. I want to welcome you to Liquid Church, especially if you're a, uh, a guest or a visitor. Welcome to our summer series at the movies. Any movie fans here? Make some noise. We're glad you're here, and welcome to all of our campuses. Um, it's no secret, I'm a major, major movie buff. Um, in fact, in college, I actually majored in English, but my minor was in uh, film studies. And so I actually spent part of my uh, senior year uh, out in Hollywood working at a, uh, a screenwriting department at a, a studio. And it was so, such an interesting kind of, you know, way to see and learn about the world of film. And for me, it's probably where God planted a passion, uh, you know, for video and storytelling that we kind of enjoy today at Liquid. But movies are a passion for me because they, I love the way that they kind of communicate deeper spiritual truths, but in a cinematic way. There's something about kind of seeing a story unfold before your eyes on the big screen that really brings it to life. And that's what At The Movies is all about. For the next five weeks, we're going to look at five Hollywood hits and explore the biblical truths of each film. And today's the kickoff. So if you're new, I want to give you like the coming attractions, like what movies we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks. Next week, Pastor Nithin is going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Have you seen this film? Marvel movie franchise, huge hit. In fact, I was shocked. Guardians 1 and 2 has now grossed $1.5 billion at the box office. That's mind-boggling to me. Hugely popular. And next week, we're going to talk about overcoming ego. Uh, show some clips. and should be a lot of fun, so invite a friend. Week 3 is Wonder Woman. Uh, that's my favorite film this summer. We're going to talk about the Bible's view of women. Because a lot of people think Christianity is kind of oppressive towards women. But the truth is Jesus really championed women and overturned a lot of the cultural restrictions and gender biases in the first century. In fact, Christianity, the, the good news of equality in Christ, really transformed the role of women in the ancient world. And this week's special, we're going to have on stage three real-life wonder women in our church, okay? They won't be wearing the cuffs, but we're going to have three female leaders on our, on our uh, stage for a panel discussion, so don't miss that. Week four is Lion. This is an independent movie. Got six Oscar nominations, including Best Picture. True story of a little boy in India who was separated from his family and basically spends his uh, entire life on this quest to be reunited with his family using Google Earth. And it's a true story. We're going to talk about like our quest for home and family and identity and uh, bring a tissue box. This one's very, very powerful, emotional. Uh, last week, we're going to conclude with uh, week five, The Shack. And this is based on the New York Times bestselling book by uh, William Young. It's the story of a guy named Mac whose life is kind of turned upside down by tragedy. And then he gets this mysterious note to meet this strange family out in a, a shack in the woods, a black woman named Papa, uh, her son named Jesus, a Middle Eastern guy, and a third uh, a girl named Sarayu, like the Holy Spirit. It's probably not like a portrayal of the biblical trinity that you've thought about, but it's very a creative story, controversial in some parts. So we're going to use the shack as a springboard to kind of explore the biblical uh, trinity. So if you've read the book or you saw the movie, uh, join us for week five. I do hope you are going to invite friends and neighbors to join us. At the movies is the perfect series for the movie lover in your life. And I almost forgot. You're here for the popcorn, right? You ready to get some popcorn? Ushers are going to come down at all of our campuses, hand out some popcorn today. I got some up here. Take a bag, pass it down your row. You are allowed to eat popcorn in church today, people, right? Praise God. That's the liveliest some of you have ever been, okay? Take a bag, pass it down your row. It's kind of fun. We, you know, we pass the popcorn buckets for the offering, but today we're giving you something. And, uh, and yeah, you can, open the, you can open the bag. Don't be scared. 
I, that woman over here was just like, am I going to get struck by lightning? You know, it's for the next five weeks. You have permission to eat popcorn in church. It's not sacrilege, okay? We're going to serve Cokes later and have communion. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We want to have just a little bit of fun here as we, uh, as we kick things off. Because today, I'm excited to start at the movies 2017 uh, with my favorite film of the last 12 months. And that is Hacksaw Ridge. Has anybody seen this? Awesome movie. I've seen it probably, uh, yeah, I've seen it about a half dozen times. Directed by Mel Gibson. This really is, I think, the best World War II movies I've seen uh, because it's true. It is the true story of Desmond Doss, a conscientious objector in World War II. And here's what you need to know. Doss was a Christian pacifist. That is, he's opposed to violence. But instead of refusing to serve in the army, he volunteered and said, put me on the front line as a medic, a combat medic. He said, well, everyone else is out there taking lives. I'm going to be saving them. And at first, Doss was called a coward by his fellow soldiers for not carrying a gun. He was bullied. He was badly beaten by them. But when they went into battle in May 1945 in Okinawa, Japan, Doss shocked everybody with his faith, his courage, his heroism. Under heavy fire, Doss ran 200 yards to football fields behind enemy lines to rescue his wounded brothers, carry them to safety, and save the lives of 75 men without firing a shot. This is the incredible true story of faith in action. So sit back and relax. Enjoy your popcorn. We're going to watch the movie trailer for Hacksaw Ridge, and then we're going to come back and see what Scripture has to say about faith under fire. What the hell is your delay, Captain? We're waiting, sir. Waiting for what? Private Doss. Who the hell is Private Doss? I always dreamed about being a doctor, but I uh, didn't get much school. I can't stay here while all them go fight for me. But you figure this war is just going to fit in with your ideas? While everybody else is taking life, I'm going to be saving it. And that's going to be my way to serve. This is a personal gift from the United States government designed to bring death to the enemy. Well, I'm sorry, Sergeant. I can't touch a gun. She don't kill. No, sir. You know, quite a bit of killing does occur in war. Private Doss does not believe in violence. Do not look to him to save you on the battlefield. I don't think this is a question of religion. I think this is cowardice. I fell in love with you because you weren't like anyone else. Saying you could go to prison. But I don't know how I'm gonna live with myself if I don't stay true to what I believe. With the world so set on tearing itself apart, doesn't seem like such a bad thing to me to want to put a little bit of it back together. Private Doss, you are free to run into the hellfire of battle without a single weapon to protect yourself.
Help me get one more. That gives me chills, you know? Every time I see it, it's an amazing movie. And quick word of warning just for parents, you know, as you can see, uh, obviously the battle scenes are pretty bloody. It is about the violence of war. So it's a little gory and graphic. And uh, so you need to use discernment. So like, just so we're aware, like the theme is redemptive, but it is rated R. So I'm just mentioning that to parents so you don't like get your five-year-olds. They're like, hey, let's watch this fun movie. Uh, Tim recommended, but uh, it's not for little kids. But use discernment because I think Hacksaw Ridge is worth seeing in the sense that it's a very rare war movie. That is, it's a war movie about peace. And you look at that and say, really, how so? Well, as you saw, it is the real-life story of faith in action. And in real life, Desmond Doss was a Seventh-day Adventist, which is a Protestant denomination that kind of sprang out of the Great Awakening. But as a devout Christian, Doss had two things. He had a, a strong faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, and he had a fierce commitment to Scripture. This is actually a military photo of him, and he had an unwavering belief in the Bible, uh, especially the Ten Commandments, which includes the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. Now, most Christians understand that as thou shalt not murder, which is very different, right, from, from killing an enemy if they, you know, in self-defense or in the context of war. But Doss had this conviction that he shouldn't kill in battle, that he should preserve life rather than take it. So he made a vow before God never to touch a gun or to carry one. And although he never carried a weapon in a battle, he never went in unarmed. He always carried with him his Bible, his faith in the Lord and deep love for his fellow man, including his enemies. And that bedrock belief came from the teaching of his Savior, Jesus Christ, who said these famous words in Luke 6. Jesus said, to you who are willing to listen, I say, let's do this. Every word you see in bold, let's read it out loud together. I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you, and what? Pray for those who hurt you. Now, Jesus is speaking here in the Sermon on the Mount, and I think this phrase, you know, love your enemies, is like one of the most well-known teachings in the Bible. Uh, and a lot of people, I think you'd agree, the idea is inspiring, <laughs> but it's rarely practiced. Because it seems counterintuitive, right? Like, love your enemies, that's not practical in the real world, let alone, you know, in the brutality of war. But in his life and his Christian witness, Desmond Doss actually took Jesus at his literal word. Imagine that. And he demonstrates how to actually love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. Under the most extreme pressures known to man, Doss did good to those who hated him, starting with his superiors. When he first enlisted, his platoon commander actually wanted nothing to do with him. They tried to break him and force him out of the army under the threat of court-martial. But Doss did good to those who cursed them, including his fellow soldiers, who not only cursed him, but they mocked and attacked him. They beat him savagely for his beliefs. But it was really Doss's obedience to Christ and his love for others that inspired him to run straight into enemy fire, guns, grenades, mortar blasts, and rescue his fallen brothers. Carry them on his back, the same men who beat him, and then lower them to safety, saving their lives, all the while praying for them, Lord, help me get one more. Desmond Doss was so devout in real life, he took Christ's command, love your enemies, so literally, he actually cared for the wounds of a Japanese soldier. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, let's look at the words of Jesus together. But to you who are willing to listen, I say what? Love your enemies, do good 
bless, pray for those who hurt you. And then Jesus says, if somebody slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. And let's just be honest, this is like one of the hardest things in life to do. I mean, I want you to think of your enemies or just an enemy. Think of somebody who makes your life difficult. It could be a frenemy, you know? <laughs> you can probably think of somebody who's uh, offended you or insulted you. That's what this image is. Somebody who slaps you, they're kind of offensive to you. Don't point to them. Just think of them, okay? And, uh, you know, we live in New Jersey. When somebody hits you, what's your instinct? You what? Hit them back, right? It's a Jersey way. Revenge is the most natural human instinct in the world. And you may be like, Tim, that's not natural. You know, turn the other cheek when you're hit. You're right. It's not natural. It's supernatural. Because it's not a sign of weakness, according to Jesus Christ. Rather, it demonstrates the supernatural strength of God's amazing grace. Watch this. What you got here, Desi? You know what that is? It just seems kind of small. <laughs> it's half the Bible for half the man. For Pete's sake, Smitty, give him back his Bible. I don't remember speaking to you. It's how come you don't fight? What, you think you're better than this? No. But what if he was attacked? <laughs> Whoa! Say it like that. Bible says to turn the other cheek, don't it? Yeah, see, I don't think this is a question of religion, fellas. I think this is cowardice. Plain and simple. Well, go on. Take a poke! Tell you what, I'm gonna give you a free shot. Hmm? Right there. Hit me, Dawes. Go on. Hold on here. What is this? Ooh. Give me that. This is a fine-looking broad. Nice. Hey, pass around. <laughs> now, this would be the kind of broad that deserves a real man. Give me that back. Please. Please. Please give it back, Smitty. Please give it back, Smitty. You hear voices, Desmond? No, sir. But I understand that God talks to you, is that right? Sir, I'm not a crazy person. Is that how you feel most people regard you, a, a crazy person? I'm, I'm different, I know that, but... I'm not gonna pretend to be something I'm not. I am what I am. It sounds lonely. You lonely? So you don't hear voices? No, sir. I pray to God and I like to think he hears me, but it ain't a conversation. Like the one we're pretending to have right now. Pretending, Private? Well, yes, sir. I know all you really want to do is give me a Section 8, drum me out of the army, but I'm not off, up above. I just simply believe what I believe. Well, I'm trying to understand, all right? Was it, was it God who told you not to pick up a rifle? God says not to kill. That's one of his most important commandments. Most people take that to mean don't commit murder. 
War is a completely different set of circumstances. And Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. This is Satan himself we're fighting. Surely as a good Christian, you can see that. I can't see that, sir, and that is why I joined up. But I'm sorry, I will not bear arms. I think this is religion. I think this is cowardice. Come on. Go ahead, Das. Take a shot. Let's take a poke. I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? Most of us here would call ourselves Christians. By definition, we're followers of, of Christ. We say we, would, we follow the, the commands of Jesus. But this one, like that? I mean, come on. Bless those who, who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek. Also, man, that's hard. Smitty was the soldier in Desmond's platoon who hated him the most. He was kind of the macho man's man and thought Desmond's peaceful demeanor was just a cover for his cowardice. But Doss was not cowardly. He was conscious of his Savior, Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do when he was mocked, when he was insulted, when he was taunted, when he was beaten? 1 Peter 2 says this, Jesus did not, what's that word? Retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten what? Revenge when he suffered. Instead, Jesus left his case in the hands of God, who always what? Judges fairly. In other words, not lashing back at our enemies is an expression of trust in your Father in heaven. That actually God is the only truly just and fair one to exact revenge. It's our job to love. For God called you to, there it is again, do good. Even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. And then let's read this out loud. He is your example and you must follow in his steps. Now understand, that doesn't mean being a doormat. If you're new and you're like, oh, that's what I don't like about Christianity, Christians are, are weak. This is not about being weak. This is about being meek. Big difference. Jesus said, blessed are the meek, not the weak. Blessed are the meek. And that word meek actually refers, it's a horse term. It refers to a young stallion. When, when horses are born and they're young and they're, they're teens and they're powerful horses, before it gets broken, it was considered to have tremendous power and strength, but it was out of control. It might kick you, it might kill you, it might bite you. But when you broke a young stallion, when you bridled it, put a bridle in it, it then became meek. The definition of meek is strength and power under control. Tremendous energy and passion, but now being channeled for a productive use. That's the biblical definition of meek, strength under control. It means acknowledging that when someone has wronged you, or someone has insulted you, or someone's offended you, they've slapped you in the face. And you have the right, you have the power, and you have the instinct to strike back. And instead, you step over it. Oh, Jesus says, blessed are you. Because you are sons and daughters of the Most High God. You are walking in the footsteps of Christ, who did not strike back, but endured unjust suffering and willingly laid down his life for his enemies. As he hung on the cross, instead of cursing his enemies, what did Jesus do? He what? He prayed for them. He said, Father, what? Forgive them, for they don't know what they do. 
So let's be practical. I mean, who's your enemy? I just want you to think of, of one person who's making life difficult for you right now. Who is your enemy? The, the thorn in your life, maybe it's a coworker who opposes you, somebody who unjustly accused you or slandered you. Maybe it's your ex who likes to kind of launch verbal grenades, just kind of, you know, tear you down. Where do you get the strength to step over the offense and actually turn the other cheek? I love when the army psychologist says to Doss, he says, I'm trying to understand, son. Does, does God talk to you? Yeah, he does. Do you hear voices? <laughs> well, not like us talking. Are you lonely? Well, no, I, I, I pray to God. I like to think he hears me. And Jesus said, a new command I give you. Love one another just as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you what? Love one another. See, the only way that you and I can summon the strength to love our enemies is to draw on the love and grace of Jesus Christ. You cannot give to other people what you haven't received yourself. It's the forgiveness of Jesus for us that empowers us to turn the other cheek when it's hard. It's the compassion of Christ for you that can give you conviction even when your faith seems under fire. It was the spring of 1945 when Doss's platoon was given the command to go to Okinawa, Japan, and they were given a grueling task, scale a treacherous cliff of 350 feet, where thousands of Japanese soldiers were waiting for them, hiding ever heavily armed. They were waiting in caves, tunnels, holes in the ground, waiting to mow down American forces. And because the cliff was so deadly, the soldiers nicknamed it Hacksaw Ridge. Soldiers involved in the battle remember they gave testimony about how the bodies of fallen American soldiers were stacked six feet high. 200 yards of puddles filled with blood. The artillery fire was so thick, they said men were literally sawed in half by the machine gun bullets. Enter Desmond Doss, the meek and mild Jesus boy who stepped into battle alongside his enemies without a gun in his hands, but the word of God in his heart. I'm scared. I'm scared. Let's go help the pain. No, don't, don't, don't you do that. Come on. Come on, Smitty, you stay with me. Let's go, we gotta move.
turning point for Doss, for his entire company, was when Doss carried Smitty to safety. This is the same man who mocked, taunted, punched him in the face, ridiculed his faith, called him coward. And Desmond Doss hoisted him on his shoulders and carried him to safety. And even though Smitty died, that became the catalyst. That was the moment that Doss heard God speak to him audibly. In the cries of the wounded as they cried out, Medic! And all the other soldiers retreated, got off the ridge, except for Desmond Doss, who stayed behind to rescue the wounded, praying his now famous prayer, Lord, help me get one more. And without a gun in his hand, Doss ran back into enemy fire, a barrage of bullets, bombs, and blasts, ran into that hellish chaos 200 yards behind enemy lines, two football fields to rescue the wounded. Eyewitness accounts record how Doss crawled on the ground from wounded soldier to wounded soldier, binding, bandaging wounds, administering morphine, and all told, he stayed on Hacksaw Ridge for 12 hours by himself. One by one, he carried dozens of injured men to the edge of the ridge, tied a rope around their bodies, and lowered them to safety. He was only 145 pounds, hand by hand one by one through the night. And 75 times he prayed, Lord, help me get one more. All told, he saved the lives of 75 men from certain death without firing a single shot. For his extraordinary valor and courage under fire, Doss became the first conscientious objector ever to receive the Congressional Medal of Honor, highest military award possible. His citation reads, as our troops gained the summit, heavy fire crashed into them, inflicting around 75 casualties. Doss refused to seek cover and remained in the fire-swept area, caring for the wounded, carrying and then lowering them down a cliff to friendly hands. In his testimony, Doss says, I was praying the whole time. I just kept praying, Lord, help me get one more. There's a veteran named Carl Brantley who was at Hacksaw Ridge, and he said, it's as if God himself had his hand on Doss. There's no other explanation possible. <laughs> you see, peacemaking is not passive. It's not about being weak. For a Christ follower, it requires extraordinary courage in action and self-sacrifice. You have to be willing to put the needs of others, including your enemies, ahead of your own. You risk your life to save them. That's true love or that's how the Bible defines true love. It says this, greater love has no one than this. To what? Say it together, church. To lay down one's life for his friends. See, never mistake love 
for weakness. You know, people, ah, love is weak. No, no, that's the world's version of love. The world's version of love is, you know, it's soft, it's sentimental. Oh, I love him. I love Velveeta cheese. I love, you know, it's sappy. But biblical love is fierce. It's strong. It's powerful. It's self-sacrificing. It's the opposite of cowardice. It actually requires conviction. And it inspires courage. Where, where do you get that kind of courage? The same place Desmond got it. From the cross of Jesus Christ. In the middle of that hell, Desmond looked to heaven. And he saw his Lord and Savior bleeding, nailed to a cross. And Jesus said, don't you understand? I, have the, I could call 10,000 legions of angels right now to rescue me. But said, instead, I'm going to voluntarily die. And lay down my life as a sacrifice for the sins of the world. See, guys, all true courage flows from the cross. This is what it means to be meek, not weak. It's strength under control. Your power voluntarily harnessed and channeled for the salvation of others. And as followers of Christ, that includes our enemies. As Romans 5.8 describes it, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still what? Sinners, Christ died for us. See, the, if you ever wonder what the heart of God is like, you, you look to the cross of Jesus Christ. This is the expression of God's love for sinners, meaning his enemies. See, the Bible says that our sin makes us actual enemies of God. We're all guilty. We're all perishing. We have no hope. We deserve death. But while we're helpless in our sin, separated from God, what happens? Jesus Christ steps into the battle. He takes the punishment we deserve on himself, puts us on his shoulders, and carries us home to the Father. Christ died for us to save us, to save you from death, to give you eternal life. That's love. That's the heart of a hero. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God for you. And this, my friends, is what Christ followers do. We're called to lay down our lives for our friends and listen to this, even love our enemies. Maybe the most stunning, selfless thing that Doss did that day on Hacksaw Ridge happened in an underground tunnel when he came face to face with a Japanese soldier who was gravely wounded. And what Doss did defies even the skeptics.
Jesus said, I know everybody says eye for eye and tooth for tooth, but I'm giving you a new command. Love your enemies. History records that at least two Japanese soldiers were found whose wounds were bandaged with American bandages. In other words, Dawson just laid down his life for his friends. He loved his enemies. See, if you have the mind of Christ, meaning your mind doesn't think like the world does, but it's saturated with the word of God, so now you think like God does, you will realize there is no us versus them in the mind of God. There's just us. Every single human being a sinner, every single human being needing a savior, every single human being made in the image of God, every human life worth saving. In God's eyes, there's no Jews versus Palestinians. There's no Muslims versus Christians. There's just all of us in need of a savior, amen? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for all of us. That's the radical love of God. That is the heart of Christ. He says, I sacrificed for you when you were my enemy. Now I want you to sacrifice for yours. So again, I'll just ask, make it personal. Who's your enemy? Every person here has somebody right now who, who makes our life difficult. Maybe they caused you pain and heartache. We may not be in a physical war, but, but many of us know what it's like to battle with a family member or uh, an enemy at work, an ex-spouse. Maybe a, a business partner kind of screwed you over or took something near and dear to your heart. And if we're honest, we all feel this, the hot desire for revenge. Let me ask you this. What would it look like? What would it take for you to love them like Jesus did and loved you? What would it take you to set aside your right to hit back, your right to get even, and selflessly care for their wounds? What's, what's, what would it take? I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are like, Tim, it ain't going to happen. That, they don't make a movie about me. That's Desmond Doss. He's a living legend, right? Come on, he's a military hero. I'm just an ordinary person. I want to give you an ordinary example from someone in this church, someone sitting in this room. We just met with a woman this week who serves on her spiritual care team, and she was sharing how she found some years into her marriage that her husband was living a double life. Felt tremendous betrayal, living one way at home, and this whole thing going on on the side. She was devastated by that deception. They, they ended up divorcing. And she said even though he'd been unfaithful, she worked very, very hard to keep the family together. And about six years ago, he got sick, her, her ex-husband. And so she prayed about it, and she felt like the Holy Spirit was asking her to actually go care for him in spite of the pain that he caused her. Now, she's a registered nurse. And so she began going each week to his house to bathe him. And then she began going every week to dress the bed sores he had on his body. And over time, she actually ended up caring for her ex-husband until his death. That is supernatural. 
she now leads our divorce care ministry. And her life's committed to helping others heal from divorce. Guys, <laughs> that's what it means to love your enemies in real life. That's what it means to turn the other cheek and respond not with revenge, but with radical grace. You ever hear that term grace? Grace is when you give people something they don't deserve. You don't return their evil for evil, but you actively overcome evil with good. It's like this spiritual judo move. You flip it. I want to I finish with this passage in Luke 6. Here's what Jesus said. He said, do to others as you'd like them to do to you. And this is so practical. I love Jesus. He's so down to earth. He's like, listen, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? <laughs> Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Do good. See, here's something. If you ever wondered, why is Christianity different from all these other world religions? Here's how. Here's one way. Most religions have a negative version of the golden rule. I mean, they say, hey, don't do anything that you don't want someone doing to you. But Jesus flips it around and he makes it a positive command. He says, go and do, take the initiative and do to others as you'd like them to do to you. And in Matthew 5, he adds this instruction. He gives a practical example. He says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them how many? Two miles. You ever wonder what this is about? Listen to this. This is fascinating. In Jesus' day, Israel was under military occupation. Rome. And under Roman law, a Roman soldier could take any citizen of Israel, a Jewish person, and say, hey, take my backpack, carry it for me one mile. They could do that legally. So the Jews, they despised the Romans. They were sworn enemies, hated their oppressors. And so Jesus says to his, um, his, his Jewish disciples, he says, okay, here's the deal. If an enemy soldier forces you to, to carry his pack a mile, here's what I want you to do. I want you to offer to go an extra mile. You ever hear the phrase, go the extra mile? That's where it's from. And his Jewish disciples were like, oh, what? <laughs> he said, because that's what it means to love your enemies. I understand they may deserve your hostility, your contempt, but when you respond with compassion and grace, when you don't curse the ex-husband who betrayed you, but care for his cancer, that's called going the extra mile. This is where you first ever heard this phrase in history. In other words, Jesus said, a Roman soldier can come up to you, a believer, and say, all right, you, carry my pack. He says, if you're a follower of me, I want you to take the pack, say, yes, sir, and you joyfully walk with him that mile. And when that mile is up, he says, okay, you can put it down. You say, no, 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 let me carry it an extra mile. What do you think the soldier's response is going to be? Like, shock? What are you doing? Like, amazement? Maybe ask, why, why are you doing this? And the Christian gets to say, because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and God told me to do this for you. And maybe the soldier asks, who is this Jesus you follow? See, going the extra mile to grace your enemies is not only disarming, guys, it demonstrates the radical love of God and it opens opportunities to tell others about Jesus. Loving your enemies is a very, very powerful witness. It is one of the great distinctives of the Christian faith. If you're wondering, what's the difference in Christianity and all these other religions? It's not karma, comes around, goes around. It's we're going to stop evil and overcome it with radical good. The apostle Paul picked up on this. He goes, um, if your enemy is hungry, you should feed him. If she's thirsty, give her something to drink. And when you do that, it's like heaping burning coals on their head. 
In other words, radical grace strikes a blow to the conscience of, the, of your enemy. And it stops their evil in its tracks because even the wicked are disarmed by compassion and vulnerability. So go ahead and think of your enemy. I want to ask you, what would going the extra mile look like for them? What would going the extra mile look like for that person at work? You know, would it be inviting them out to lunch? <laughs> what would it look like for your cranky neighbor next door? You know, is it bringing over dinner or mowing their grass? You know, see, grace is powerful. It's not passive. It is active. It is actively waging peace, not war, and overcoming radical evil with radical grace. In the end, Jesus said, that's the evidence that you're my disciple. He finishes his sermon in Luke this way. He says, love your enemies, do good to them, and then you're what? Reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be what? Compassionate, just as your Father in heaven is compassionate. Through his life and through his actions, Desmond Doss proved that he was a child of the Most High. By the way, he laid down his life for his friends, and he loved his enemies. And he didn't do it to be commended for his courage. He did it out of commitment to Christ. And Doss did receive an award on earth, the Congressional Medal of Honor from President Truman. But his real reward awaits him in heaven. Just praying, Lord, please help me get one more. When I got this, I say, Pray, Lord, please help me get one more. I would say anyone is wrong to try to compromise somebody's conviction. I don't care whether it's an army or, or what it is. When you're under conviction, that is not a joke. That's what you are. Even though I said those things to him in regard to carrying a rifle, then and he would never be my by my damn side at all unless he had a rifle. But then uh, in the long run, finding out that he was one of the bravest persons alive, and then to have him end up saving my life was the irony of the whole thing. Friends, you have been called. You and I have been summoned to the same mission that Desmond Doss had in World War II. What would have happened to those 75 souls if Doss hadn't stood firm in his faith, took Christ at his command, and sacrificed his life to save them? I understand you and I might not be in a physical battlefield, but we're on a spiritual one. I mean, in our relationships with our family members, our friends and neighbors and co-workers, there are people all around you who are wounded and need rescuing by Christ. 
They need to experience Christ's amazing grace and the radical love and compassion of God through you, through me. So may this movie and the message of Christ inspire you this week to pick up your cross and sacrifice for those you love, including your enemies remembering Jesus' promise, then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be children of the Most High. This week, may Christ give you the courage to act, to turn the other cheek and do good. May you have conviction to extend compassion to your enemies. Go the extra mile. And may the Holy Spirit give you the power to be a peacemaker in his name. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, we thank you for your heart. We're not just inspired by Desmond Doss, but we see his sacrifice pointing to you. Father, thank you that you love the world so much that you sacrificed your only son. Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world through love, through his sacrifice. And so we're just thankful to you, Father, that you, when we were of no use, we were your enemies in our sin. You called us friend. And you reached out and you saved my life and you saved so many people here, Father God. I pray for people, Lord, who feel distant from you, that they would look to Christ. They would put their trust in him as their savior. They'd say, come forgive me. Make me new. I want that spirit in my heart. And Father, right now, I'm also praying for all of us who we need the Holy Spirit, God, in our relationships. Especially, we need your strength to forgive our enemies. It's not natural. We need your Holy Spirit to do something supernatural in us. And so, Father, right now, in humility, we are praying as Jesus taught us to pray. Father, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lord, we bless our enemies. But this is going to be hard this week, God. So right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, pour out your power, pour out your grace, your compassion, your kindness. Break down the walls of hard hearts even right now in this moment. Give us strength. Give us eyes of grace to do to others as you have done for us. We ask that all the glory for it would go to our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in his name, everybody said together, amen.